Welcome to the Mixed Movement, where we speak candidly about the uncommon commonalities that people of mixed race face in our world today. Here, we listen, share, learn, and acknowledge that through our stories, we are all connected. We are your hosts, me, Chris, and Rachel Go. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show today, everybody. Nate and Chris and I are here, and we are super excited to be talking about this topic. Today, we're going to discuss some of our old patterns and triggers. So welcome. Let's get started. Hello. hello. Hey. Let's get started with some things that maybe you wanted to discuss about your old patterns and triggers and, and why you feel like this is kind of an important topic to, to discuss. It's old patterns. The things that we learn, our habits, our behaviors, they come from our childhood first. So as far as relationships, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is how there may be times when I feel like I'm not being heard or maybe inadequate or, you know, I just don't have a voice. And the moment I feel that the other person is taking away my voice or not allowing me to be free. I know that comes from childhood and feeling those same ways. So what they think is an overreaction to that, it isn't me fighting for me presently. It's fighting for my past when I didn't have a voice. Mm. Absolutely. So would you say, do you find that in current relationships, that's something that you're easily triggered or do you recognize now and are able to kind of manage your reaction? Honestly, I am not going to try to manage it and make it smaller because I think that was the problem in the first place. So usually in a relationship, I will definitely give like warning, like this is why I react this way. It doesn't necessarily have to do with you, but it's something I experienced before. So I'm going to ask you now to understand that and not to take it as personal. And after that trigger is, you know, has passed, then we can talk about it a little bit. But I don't feel that I should quiet my voice because I finally found it, you know. So Absolutely. I'm not going to keep on making it smaller. I mean, I'm here, I'm seen, I have a voice and anyone that I'm with needs to understand that, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. You know, we all have things we have to deal with. And these aren't things that we can say, okay, I recognize this is what it is. So I won't do it anymore. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's not a conscious thing. It's in the subconscious. And then, so then I'm reacting as I wish I could have as my younger self dealing with not being seen or people not accepting either side or both sides or what I am as a whole, they didn't see it as a whole. So that's me fighting now for her. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. That's amazing. So was it a pattern that you'd noticed in your relationships that kept on surfacing that kind of brought your attention to the way that you were feeling? I think anytime I was talking and it, it didn't even have to be like in a disagreement, just talking and then being interrupted oh. and maybe kind of talked over. Yes. You know, then instantly, I mean, I'm like, I can feel it every time that happened. This is every time I couldn't say what I 
wanted to say. And it wasn't because there was something, you know, there was no aggression going on. I was just shut down because I could be, you know, I could be shut down and I, you get tired of fighting when you're so young that you just stop fighting and you stop saying anything. And all of a sudden you are as small as they make you feel. And so whenever something like that happens, I'm just like, nope, mm -mm, no, you won't. And then I get big. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> is that, so can you, can you share or think of, is there one particular memory from your childhood where it hurt that stuck with you? Or is it just kind of an overall feeling that you remember? It wasn't one in particular. I, I, it was because it was repeated so much that it is yeah. so big now and such a trigger. And it, it was in different areas. It could be, you know, around some friends from school or just, yeah. you know, in different groupings. It was the same thing. It was like everyone's voice was louder than mine. And so I just stopped mm. talking, you know, and now I don't. Can you tell? I don't stop talking. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yes, and I love That's it. That's why there's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to hear you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's really introspective. And I, I'm sure that it's taken a lot of trial and error and a lot of pain to figure out what that is, why you get so angry, and what to do about it. Did you do any sort of therapy or was it just pretty much just reflection and self-work? I haven't had any therapy. I think it had a lot to do with shadow work. Tell us about that. Shadow work is just, I mean, it, again, it's something that comes from your childhood. It's learned or uh, conditioned behaviors, uh, usually set by someone that you respect very much and you looked up to as a child. So if they told you you shouldn't do that, that's not, you know, that's not how you should do things. And all of a sudden, guess what? That became your thing. And that's why, though, it may not have been right. And it doesn't mean it was malicious. It's just kind of how they saw life. So they were training and conditioning you. So then when you got older and you had these habits, say for instance, not talking. So if someone said, Shh, don't, you know, you don't want to do all the talking, you let other mm -hmm. people talk. And then as you get older, you hear that same voice of that person that you love tell you, you know, let them talk. You don't need to do a lot of talking. And then you realize, but I have something to say, you know, I'm not yeah. a child anymore. And I, so I've always had all these thoughts in my head, but no one to listen to me. So it's like, where did that come from? Who told me that it wasn't an ill intent? It was just, it, it, I think sometimes it's their way. They think they're protecting you in some way. Right. That's their truth. And they want you to have that habit because they want you to still do that when they're not around. So mm -hmm. in their minds, they're keeping you safe in that way. I mean, shadow work is... It's really the habits that you develop out of your love for someone that you respect. And that doesn't mean that that's you. And that the conflict comes when you, you're older and you're like, but I really, really want to do this, but I'm not supposed to. But wait a minute. I can. Wow. Let's see what happens. And then you realize how freeing it is. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Now this is who I am. This is who they wanted me to be to protect me or what they were taught. But that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. So recognizing yeah. it, then you, you find your voice, you say those things. And once you do it, you're like, okay, wow, this feels different. You know, I don't feel as little. I don't feel small anymore. Yeah. I got big. 
Iya. Big. So, because I find shadow work incredibly important and it can be pivotal for people on their journey of self-discovery. Is this something that you can do self-guided? And it's a, it's an ongoing process too, right? Oh, it's not like, yes. oh, ending this chapter and I'm done and I have all my answers. I'm good. No. And there's because, another chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. There's a second book. <laughs> Literally the never ending story. <laughs> Yeah. Learn what yeah. they are from triggers. Like yeah. you're not gonna sit and say, Okay, on Wednesday, I'm gonna have all my triggers and I'm gonna know what I need to figure out. No, because it's gonna happen. You don't know until you're triggered that wow, that yeah. was that's weird. It makes me feel I don't know, this doesn't feel good. I wonder why. Let me think about it. And you journal and there you can go online and just ask like shadow work questions and that'll give you some insight into yourself because a lot of the questions you're like oh oh man i don't know if i want to answer that and if you feel that way they, they i don't want to get big so then you definitely <laughs> yeah. have to answer it if it makes you feel like kind of you tense up when you read it that means there's something there yes yeah that's the trigger you know, it is ongoing yeah. and you do get to know yourself you get to understand yourself why am i this way why do i feel this way is it really my feelings or is it someone else's feelings that they put on me that I just right. said, okay, well, I guess this is how I'm supposed to feel because this is what I was told. Right. Are you struggling to understand the complexities of your mixed race identity? Do you feel isolated by the lack of resources available to help you and others around you understand the nuances of being mixed race? Now is the time to take action and schedule your free consultation for my individual coaching course. In our time together, you will gain a deeper understanding of your unique mixed race identity and how to navigate the challenges you face. Here are just a few examples of what I have helped individuals just like you gain from my course. You will learn how to embrace and love every aspect of what makes you unique. You'll learn how to navigate complex social situations with confidence. And I have even helped many of my clients move out of areas where they didn't feel safe because they are mixed race. Don't wait any longer to gain the confidence and understanding that you need to live a more fulfilling life. Message me on Instagram at polished.velvet, on Facebook at Mixed Movement, or feel free to email me directly at coachrachelgo at gmail.com. And that's C O A C H. R-A-C-H-A-E-L-G-O at gmail.com. Let's make magic happen in your life. So yeah, there's journals out there. Do you have any resources for any of our listeners that might want to look into doing their own shadow work? Um, we can even put it in the show notes or yeah. if you have a yeah. website or anything that you could refer people to because I think Therapy is not always available for everybody. And it's really important to dive deep in those triggers so that like what you're doing in your current relationship saying, hey, if we're going to proceed or before we do, just so you know, this little tidbit about me so that we can move forward in a healthy way. If you have any resources, it would be awesome to, to drop those in the show notes too for anybody that would like to do that work on, their self, on themselves. And I do feel like 
it's true. Once you start this tough work and going back and, and learning about yourself more and more begins to unfold, but it gets easier to process and, and learn. You know, once you find out all these things, it's not uh, something that you're like, okay, I found it out. Let me shut it, shut it down, push it away. Because that was also the problem in the first place. It's about understanding and saying, you know what? I understand. This is me. I still love that part of me. There's nothing wrong with me. It's fine. It's part of who I am. It's part of who made me who I am. And I'm stronger because of it. Yeah. yeah. You learn to accept it. Yeah. yeah. I completely understand. Yeah, no, I get it. Man, that was really good, Chris. That's a lot. It's a lot. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing because that's really yeah. insightful. Thank you. What about you, Rachel? Any triggers and uh, patterns? Yes. That you notice? <laughs> because of my family dynamics, and I, I will forever talk about this here because my jam, being raised by my sister's father, knowing that I'm not his knowing that our dad existed, it really put me in a position where I felt underlying, and I could never articulate this as a child, but underlying, I, I became a people pleaser out of fear of them deciding I'm too much. Like, meh, you're not really mine. Bye. So I've noticed that in my relationships, especially in the beginning, romantic relationships especially, but also in friendships too. Junior high, high school, that era, I had a lot of female friendships where I just, I was a giver. I over delivered and it, it bit me. I don't have a single female childhood friend because I, at some point, was betrayed super dramatic, but that's how life was in junior high and high school. But truthfully, I'm friends with all of them now, but that's through Facebook and at a distance. And when I'm in town, I'll meet up with them. But as far as close connection, it was one of those, well, I put myself out there. I got screwed over. I have trust issues with a lot of women. And in relationships, romantic relationships, in the beginning, it's this weird innate gut, like I need to be my best self to win you over, almost like a challenge. And now I will also, I, I'm going to say this very candidly, I'm not a mean, vindictive, manipulative person. Mm-hmm. It's not like things change <laughs> the second, like, okay, I've won you over. Now I'm going to be a total, you know, I'm going to take over your life and call you terrible things. No, but any slight little bit of rejection, any inkling of not being accepted in a romantic relationship, I can feel it deep in my gut to the point where I get sick, even just like a tiny little bit of rejection. So I've, I've found that in current relationships, I really push very hard to feel accepted, mm. almost too much, where I lose myself. Yeah. to be loved. And so, I mean, I think that's why up until about six years ago, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked to do for fun because it was all influenced by my partners and my friends because yep. I was afraid. I was like, well, if I do this, I'm not going to be loved. They're going to think I'm weird and I'm going to be alone. And that was always my biggest fear. Yeah. So I think it was just kind of my biggest 
pattern in relationships is just over delivering. It's like, oh, oh, you like you like to cook? Well, here's a brand new set of pots and pans. <laughs> you know, no, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Yeah. So that is definitely my biggest when it comes to relationships. It's yeah. just, and I and I recognize it now and it still is a little tricky in the dating world because of course I feel like I have a better understanding of myself. I have a stronger sense of self, but I still, it's hard for me to find the balance between my love of learning and exploring newness and also letting that take over me to please the person that I'm with. So I am, it's still, I'm a work in progress. We all are, We all are, but, but that's pretty much my biggest pattern that I've noticed. Okay. And it's, it's hard. It's a tricky one. Something I need to stay on top of. It takes a while to to work through these things. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I feel like I'm in the beginning or the middle of this process too. It's not, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, I get you. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like you said, like never ending. It feels like. It is never ending. I'd say that's my biggest, my second is definitely having to prove myself because of A, my gender and my race. Mm -hmm. I feel like my voice needs to be louder and I need to teach people that just because I am brown doesn't mean I am whatever preconceived notion that you have. And that does also in relationships. That's a deep rooted one for me. Even in my marriage, I'm divorced, but that I felt like I had constantly had to prove my value and my worth. And for the most part, it was things that I had kind of assumed or picked up on, maybe misinterpreted. And my ex-husband is a white man, born and raised in Southern California from a very well-to-do family. And they were never unaccepting of me. I'm still friends with the majority of his cousins and, and his family. But there were certain things that he and his mother in particular would say, like, oh, that's a big word. And I don't know if it was my gender, but she's a female, or my race. But they would say that to other people too. But they're very intelligent. And so I, yes, so these were little things that I'm like, I think it's my, I think it's my race. Mm -hmm. So I focused on educating myself using quote unquote bigger words. And so it just, things like that, that's definitely a trigger (laughs) for, for me. And that's one that I feel like it's not as triggering for me because I know my worth and my value and I'm confident in myself. But that's something that I do have to keep in check a little bit, (laughs) entering relationships, friendships, and romantic relationships. I could definitely see how that would, yeah, that would come up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird. I'm not really even sure how to work through that one, but I know it's there. And I think that's step one. Yeah. As long as you're aware of it and you're, like I said, you're moving forward. So. Yeah. So what about you, Nate? All right, I'll be real here. I see a therapist. I mean, I've seen a therapist on and off for years and I love it. I mean, it's helped me a lot to recognize some of these patterns and triggers that I just was oblivious to. I think it's because I didn't want to look at it. It's hard. But I would say one of the biggest things I've had to work through is like growing up, you know, Chris, you were moved out at the time, but when I lived in North Lake with 
mom and dad for a while. Like they argued a lot at that time because I mean they split up right after that. But just the arguing was a big thing where I just felt like, you know, if you get into an argument in a relationship with friendship or a romantic relationship, like someone's gonna leave, you know, and mm-hmm. and it was a big thing where I knew most people I dated. If we got into a little bit of a scuffle, I was out. I was not going to sit there and wait and get burned and heartbroken. I was going to be the heartbreaker because I just mm. went through it with, you know, both of them, you know, just both parents, just they left and it happened. So it just, it kind of crushed me for a while. And I put a big, big wall up uh, because of it. But I noticed that it that's one thing that carried in lots of relationships for me, just any kind of. If there's even like a dis- disagreement, I mean, the, all these things kind of tie together, like being a people pleaser, because you don't want to mm-hmm, upset that right. person, you know, because then it might leave. But the moment there would be a disagreement, I'm like, oh, I'm out. And it really, it, it just, mm-hmm. it carried, you know, I, this was all through like high school. And even with my, my ex-wife, it was, you know, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm taking it. Like, it was always the threat to go, like never really just trusting that a person is really going to be there for you. I mean, in the beginning of the relationship with Katie and I, like I had that a lot, you know, I was living in Missouri and I'm, I'm leaving, you know, I'm back and then I'm living in Missouri and I'm back. And it's not fair to her. It's not fair to anyone, but it, it took a while for me to go through, like I was in therapy and it was like, it was hard to recognize it. And because you, there's a fear, you know, the fear is there and that fear is heavy and it controls a lot yeah. of your behavior, you know, like, Cause it just sucks getting hurt, getting your heart broken or just, you know, putting everything you think into to someone and they, they're going to go. So you want to pull it before it happens. Mm-hmm. I would say that would be one of the biggest things that I've had to, to work through. And it's like trust. Yeah, really it's trust. And, and like every meaning of the word, just not letting fear. How so do you mean? Like trusting that even if there's a little bit of an argument or a disagreement, that it's not going to crumble and fall apart, that you're, you're going to make it through. And it's, that's actually what got rid of that fear is working through it. And like I said, God bless Katie. She has pushed through a lot of my stuff with me, <laughs> but that's what it is. It's like, you know, every time I would, you know, threaten to leave and it's like, why am I threatening to leave? Like, she's not saying she's going to go try harder, Nate. Don't quit. And it would just, it would make us closer. It, would, I mean, it, was, it was just, but yeah. it was, it was, it was trusting that it's not all going to fail every time something goes wrong. It's like that commitment, you know? And, yeah. and then, like I said, it just, it builds. And, and I noticed it with my friendships too. I mean, it hasn't happened in quite some time, but I remember like being in high school and like I would play sports and I'd play basketball with one of my friends and I would like beat him or something. He's all mad. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I, like, let him play again. And I would let him beat me or whatever, you know, just so that yeah. they didn't go. You know, it's yep. it, it's in like every relationship. So it, like I said, it took me a while, but going to therapy, that's that's what worked for me. I still go. I love it. It's a great thing. Great tool. Yeah. I think if you can, even if you don't have a therapist, having somebody that you can talk through certain things with is therapeutic. In that is the therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see a therapist. I love my therapist. He is very blunt. Yeah. <laughs> and necessary. Yep. <laughs> Which is sometimes that works for certain people and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. it's helpful to have that different perspective. 
Yeah. I know that we've talked about this before. When there's an issue or some sort of something going on in your life, it's really hard to see it when you're in it. Gosh, yeah, it is. Goodness. Yeah. So what do you suggest? Do you know the thing that you've said several times about like when you're in it, you need to... Oh, I mean, it's it's hard to recognize it. But I guess, yeah. I mean, Chris, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You could feel, you feel it first. Mm-hmm. You feel oh, something yeah. come up in your chest. And then that's uh-huh. like, like I know that when I start to feel that, I know that I need to say, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I'm going to just run off of emotion right now and I need to yeah. take a breather. I'll take a break. I'll say, hey, I need... 15 minutes and the most important thing when I do feel that because that's that fear coming up is I have to do something to take my mind off of whatever the conversation whatever we're talking about because I'm going to mm-hmm. like a negative place so sometimes I'll put on like a comedy for a second something to make me laugh get me out of that state and then mm-hmm. I'll go back to it and like 99% of the time it ends completely different like it's it's way better it's so that yeah that's awesome Chris, yeah. do you have do you have a method that you use when you notice that you're being triggered to not react the way that you have in the past? Well, in the past, I didn't react at all. So, oh. yeah, I didn't react at all. So I think now usually I'll react, you know, obviously I'm also listening to myself. You know, I'm yeah. listening to what I'm saying, because that's really helping me to identify what hurts when I'm talking to the other person. And as long as they understand, like, you hear me saying these things to you, but I'm also hearing myself. And at that time, I I need to walk away. Like, I need to walk away or I need to get off the phone. And the the problem is, if the other person, if that's not their way of dealing with things, then they're going to keep pushing. And that's a problem because now I feel like you're making, trying to make me small. And that is where I was at that that caused this. So whoever you're with friends, whether it's a romantic relationship, they need to understand what you need to do when you're feeling, you know, the way you're feeling. Like I need to walk away. That doesn't mean I'm gone forever, but I do need to collect myself. I need to think for a second. I need to listen to what I actually just said, process it, and then I can come back and talk to you. And we could talk about what it is specifically that you did or said that I'm going to disconnect from my past so we can have a serious conversation about what just happened in the present. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. And that, yeah, it's really important that your partner or like I said, friendship, whatever it is, as long as they know that and they respect that. That's the other part. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a big, big <laughs> They can deal. hear it, yeah. but they need to, the mm-hmm. other person needs Acknowledge to respect it and, yeah. that yeah. as well. When they're in the moment. When that happens, not, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, but when it happens, are you going to remember that you got it? You know, right. are you going to remember this was the agreement? Right. That's what's important. Yeah. Not that Agreed. you're just telling me now. That's, that right. doesn't matter now. Yeah. Exactly. I know that for me, when I get triggered, I get quiet. And I've learned that it's best to give me at least a day. I'm not the type of person that can just give it 15 minutes or go for a walk. I need a full on day. I need to sleep on it. The best method for me is I write, I write a letter. I never send it. (laughs) Or sometimes I'll even, I have typed up emails and I've sent it off, but I need that time to really dig deep within myself 
first to see where this is coming from, how I envision my future if I fight it, or like what is important, what is severe enough to have a full-on conversation about it, or is this something that's completely irrelevant to this current person that I'm communicating with, and this is simply just from my past that I need to work through and let go. So I need time, which is hard. And sometimes, especially in romantic relationships, when you or the other person has children and life is hectic and life is crazy, it's really hard sometimes to find the time to revisit that conversation. And I feel like that is one thing with me that I I really need to, in, in a relationship, especially a romantic one, is set aside that time. Like, okay, this happened just because I didn't talk about it later in the day or that night does not mean that it's okay. I need to make a point to say, hey, we need to find a time to talk about this maybe tomorrow or the next day. Because I've also found that I've been such a people pleaser (laughs) that I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. I'm I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. It'll be fine. And then a day or two goes by and I'm still upset. And I'm like, but, you know, I don't really want to rehash this. Um, yeah, um, yeah. And so I let it go for months and then boom, <laughs> a month yeah, it later, comes it all comes, comes out, out. When, when they didn't do the dishes or something. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was just doing yeah. so stupid. <laughs> and I feel like honestly, in a lot of relationships, from what I see from men and what they say about, oh, women remember everything, blah, blah, blah. No, I, I think it was just a, a wound that was reopened that never got a Band-Aid. It just, yeah. you know, it, it never got tended to. So it to be healed. as the conversation ends that day doesn't mean that the emotions aren't still there and yeah. that it's okay. Because it probably isn't. Yeah. But carving out that time a day or two later within a week to safely discuss what happened is vital in a oh, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I perfect. I agree with you. No, <laughs> I'm still learning. We will never be. Yeah, we will. We will never be. But I have a question for you guys, actually, on this topic. Do you think that in a current relationship, it would be possible to let go a lot of past triggers? And let me let me dive a little bit deeper so you can kind of understand what I'm saying. Let's say you are in a relationship with somebody and they don't like it when you leave your shoes on when you walk in the house. And it was something that their ex would scream at them for. Mm. So do you think it is possible to be in a relationship with somebody where there are very few or zero past triggers from previous relationships? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that I think it all comes down to communicating as much as you possibly can. I think that, yeah, you can definitely, you can work through the triggers. And that's why I'm saying like communicating about what they are and asking for patience from your partner because it's work. And I mean, honestly, there's still some that come up and that I'm not aware of that. I mean, I go to my therapist next week, like, Hey, I asked for this. And she said, no, and I lost my shit like that. Why am I doing that? That's so there's yeah. still things to work through, but it's also having a conversation and the trust and commitment to, with your partner to say, Hey, I know I've got some things like, will you please be patient with me to work through these? I'm sorry if I hurt you, like, but I love you and I want to work through this. I think it's just being real clear on everything. Cause like you just said, no, one's perfect. So there's going to, I mean, there's ways to do it. It's just, I think it's just the level of commitment that you have with that person and how, you know, how understanding they are. But yeah, I think you can definitely work through them in a relationship. 
What about you, Chris? Well, I mean, I can only speak from theory at this point because I, you know, you don't know you have these deep rooted things until you get triggered, you know? So I can't say, okay, I had 75 and I've checked them all off, you know? So, and then it has a lot to do with, with both parties. Like, am I in a space that I'm ready to trust someone enough, you know, to have a, a, have this be done with. I can say, okay, I really trust this person. This person cares about me. I know this person is not the person who did this to me in the past. Am I in a stage in my life where I'm ready to trust someone fully like that? I can honestly say I am not. So it is possible, I'm sure, for for people when they're ready. I'm not there. So I would say for me right now, no, no. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Rachel? I feel like it depends on the person and the level of self-work that they've done. I personally feel like a lot of that is in the art of letting go. Letting go what doesn't serve you any longer, healing those those past parts of yourself, and it takes work. I think that it is achievable to live fully in the present with your current partner and learn to let things go. But again, it depends on the person and their level of work that they've done within themselves. And I'm letting things go and leaning into being happier, living in the moment. Yes, it's possible, um, but it does work with both parties in the relationship too. I'm I'm learning how to let things go a little bit, a little bit more, but that's tricky when things surface. But yes, once you get triggered, recognizing it, And taking that time to dig a little bit deeper into what it is, healing it, greeting it, and then healing it and letting it go will hopefully lead to a lot more peace and understanding within the relationship. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I am doing some, which I'm really excited about this research right now, diving into generational trauma too, because I know that our ancestors we carry down a lot of things, especially when we are mixed. So I'm looking forward to discussing that and sharing what I'm learning with you guys in the future, because I know that that also, it, it definitely drives who we are today, whether we fully acknowledge it or we don't, because I do think that there are certain triggers that you can't quite pinpoint and it may not be necessarily within your lifetime. So as we close out today's episode... Nate, are there any parting words that you would like to leave with our audience? I would just say, yeah, like lean into what those triggers are. Pay attention to how everything is making you feel, you know, and don't be afraid of it. Start doing the work. It's uh, it's necessary. It's going to create a lot more freedom in your life. So, you know, it'll all make sense. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. That's so true, Nate. What about you, Chris? Pretty much the same thing. You just keep doing the work. Don't look for an end date, you know, because (laughs) that that will probably be a mistake. You might be disappointed because you're definitely (laughs) gonna be disappointed. Okay, so and um, I say just go with the flow. Like you said, when you recognize something makes you gives you like a feeling of discomfort dig into that and don't run from it or try to hide it or lock it away because it's going to come back bigger and louder. So it's best to face it head on 
Grab the bull by the horns. That's right. <laughs> Get big. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Rachel? Any any tips? Yes. This is one that I feel we all need more of in our life, um, but especially in relationships. <sighs> Be patient. Be patient with yourself in this process. Be patient with your partner, too. If something takes a little bit longer than you feel like it needs to with your partner or even with yourself, lean into it. Sometimes it, I, I know that in my past, people have called me a little controlling. It, just in my own world, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. And I've spent the last three solid years leaning into letting things go a little bit more and being patient with myself. And that is challenging, but it leads to a much more peaceful whole existence. And you can, and you can just kind of go with the flow of things a little bit better. So yes, be patient with yourself. Be patient with your partner. Everything will be just fine. <laughs> Great advice. Yes. I agree with you. Absolutely. Well, this was fun, guys. It was this great. is awesome. I love this. I miss you guys. Same. I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same. All right, you guys. Well, everybody out there, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We want to be here for you, and we can't do what we're doing without your support. Please hit subscribe, and to stay up to date, head on over to mixmovement.com. That's M-I-X-D-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.com to stay up to date with news and more. We are The Mixed Movement. See you next time.